Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to The Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is where we have conversations about house church, microchurch, and what it looks like living the everyday mission of Christ. Hello, everyone. This is Mark back with you for another episode of the Living Room Podcast. It has been a couple months, I believe, or maybe even more since we've had an episode released. So I'm happy to uh, tell you that here we are, here we are with another episode for you to listen to. Hopefully it'll be encouraging. Hopefully it will uh, be a means of equipping you as you live the everyday mission of Jesus. Joining me today in the Living Room is Jedediah Smith. Jedediah, welcome. Thank you, Mark. It's good to be here. Man, it's really good to have you here. Um, we want to jump right in to what God has for us in this conversation, Jedediah. So just to kind of give set the table here, today's conversation is really going to be about your journey into um, a more uh, organic expression of leading and being church, and then even more personally, as well as what it's looked like for you and your wife and your family to to live the everyday mission of Jesus. So um, let's just jump right in, my friend, and just tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, where you live, um, what you do for a living. You are what we call co-vocational, where you are working a full-time job as well as leading, shepherding um, a group of people there in your home. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. We live in Wentzville, Missouri, which is about an hour outside of St. Louis, and We've lived here for about a year and a half now. I'm married to Lauren. We have six kids from 14-year-old to a two-year-old. So we've got um, a full house of kids all the time. And um, yeah, uh, for a living for about 20 years, probably or more, I've been uh, teaching uh, people that have impairments to use a computer. So primarily blind and visually impaired people or anything like that. And I, I was traveling all over the country doing that, but COVID brought us home. And so I'm working from home primarily, as well as around the St. Louis area. I get to see a lot of people, but it also gives me a lot of uh, just home time and flexibility, which is really one of the things that God used to to lead me um, into the center. So how long have you been doing that? That's fascinating to me. Yeah, since about 2002, probably. Okay, and so what were you doing before then? Going to high school. <laughs> so yeah, this is so right out of school. Right out of school. Yeah, wow. I had a good friend who, who I have a good friend who's blind, and he started doing um, training around the state of Missouri, and he needed a driver, and I asked him if I could help him, and so I started out as just this driver kind of apprentice, and yeah, it just blossomed, and I've been doing this full time for all these years. Wow, man, that is. I did not know that. That is amazing yeah. to me. So, so share with us a little bit of how you got connected to the living room and how you got we got connected. Sure. Um, we moved to Wentzville, as I said, about a year and a half ago to plant a church, and I didn't know what that was going to look like, um, but we just felt like the Lord was leading us to begin in our home, and so we started having Bible studies there once a week um, and then twice a week. And um, so I didn't know anyone that was doing that at the time. And so I'm a big podcast listener. And so I searched my podcast app for 
churches and houses or home churches or house churches. And I came across the Living Room Podcast. And I believe this would have been late 2021. Um, I believe you just started because you, you were just a few episodes into it. And so I went back and listened from the beginning and just it was really helpful for me. I enjoyed the interviews. I remember um, reaching out to you on Instagram and just saying, thank you for doing this. It was, I listened to this episode. It was a big help. And since then, we've had a friendship that's just been amazing. Um, yeah, and I, I know I've told you this a lot, but I really do value our friendship. You've been such an encouragement to me, to our family. Um, we've been part of monthly Zoom calls, and we've been in your home, and um, it's just your, our family loves your family. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful to you guys. Well, man, um, just so, for those of you listening, I didn't pay him to say any of that, so... <laughs> It's purely free, but man, I, I totally agree and, and echo that back to you guys. I mean, it's just been a joy to just get to know you. And I mean, we probably talk now at least once a week, right? Through Marco Polo, the app Marco Polo, and just talk different ministry things and 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 um, like iron sharpening iron here. So I appreciate you, man, and your family. And it's a joy for us to meet your family back in December. And, and let me say, too, just as, since we're talking about it, if anyone's listening and wants to jump in, we have a monthly Zoom call, usually the second Tuesday of every month for about an hour or so for those that are living and leading more in this organic stream of church. And if you'd like more information about that, just reach out to me um, and and you know we can send you a link to, to be part of that Zoom call. We'd love to have you part of that. So thanks for sharing that. And I'm glad it's been helpful. It's good to always sure. hear that the podcast is, is helpful. You wonder, does anyone listen other than me? You know, so... Um, super awesome that, that, uh, that God connected us and, and that what God is doing in and through you. So tell us about the journey. Did you grow up any more? I mean, what, what led you to kind of go, you said, plant a church, you moved into your current neighborhood about a year and a half ago, I think you said, mm-hmm. so kind of take us into that thought process. What were you doing? What kind of church were you a part of? What led you to want and desire to, to start a new church and to maybe start it in a more organic way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've definitely been a part of a, a very traditional church my entire life. My dad just retired from pastoring in June of last year. He pastored the same church for over 40 years. So my entire life was spent in that church. Um, and I, how I got here, I can only say is God because, I just don't have any other explanation for it. Um, I've known, um, just been feeling the urge from from the Lord to pastor for a long time, but never dreamed it would look like this. Um, and as I said, when I when I when I went um, from traveling a lot to being at home all the time, the Lord used that in me to let me know that I could go someplace new and start something new with new people that I didn't know. And not have to, um, you know, raise money, which is I kind of thought was the only way um, of doing it. And um, I don't know, man. Just over over the course of time, just knowing that he was leading us, and then reading the Bible, reading the Gospels, reading um, the early church uh, uh, the epistles, and, and just over and over again, and, and praying and seeking the Lord. It was just like I don't know. It's just one step in front of the other, and it really was the, the word of God you know, lighting the path in front of me. And I, I, I could never see far ahead and I still can't see very far ahead, 
but he just sort of lights the way a little bit at a time. And, um, and so, yeah, that, that's really the only answer that I can give just the Holy spirit and his word, just guiding us along. Yeah. As I hear that, I think those are the two ingredients is the word that comes to my mind, but that's a poor word, but I'll use it. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit and the Word. When I talk to different people, different leaders that kind of are stepping into this more organic stream of church, and, and even even not even that, it's more just really embracing living like a missionary every day. It just comes back to, there's no other explanation that I can give other than the Lord, and just really looking at His Word in a fresh way. And mm-hmm. so I hear that from you, and, and as you described, you know, kind of that transition, so you've grown up in church, um, the spirit put this burden in you. Um, why did you feel like you needed to, to like leave where you were and, and, and to go to a new place? Yeah, I don't know. I think part of, I think part of being a pastor's son for so many years, it's such an established church. Um, it would have been really difficult for me to really follow the leadership of the Lord um, there, I think because um, I would have been putting these expectations on myself, not that I would have, not that they would have been put on me by other people, by even the church or by my dad, but I just knew that I would always be looking through these lens of not just what does the Bible say, but not just what is the Lord leading us to do, but how has this church always done it? And I knew that wasn't good for the church. I knew it wasn't good for our family. Um, and so that was, I think that was the thing that, that, that let me know, like, this is probably not the place. Um, and then we just, our area, um, I, we've always had a, you know, a burden for the, the people in the St. Louis area. We love our, we love where we live. And, um, this is only where, where we live now is only about an hour and 20 minutes from where I grew up. But this particular County is almost like a foreign country to me we just never went here we went to to st louis for everything and so we began exploring this area and we just fell in love with it immediately lauren and i came up here and just spent um an e- a couple of days spent an evening um while we we're still praying about where to go and god just made it clear that this was the place and he continued confirming that just through people we would meet relationships that we started to make immediately and um yeah he just, he just made it clear that that was the right decision I love that. I love just the sensitivity to the spirit, that continued connectedness to the Lord, just even in in, in where He's sending you. Um, and I don't know if you said this. How many how many kids do you, do you have? And we have, we have six. I, I lose count sometimes too. We have a two year old, <laughs> okay, a two year old, all the way up to a fourteen year old, and we have four girls, two boys. Yeah, so that that's a big shift, right? To move them from what they've known into to a place that's completely unknown. Um, sure. How have they adjusted to the transition? They've been incredible. Um, I've said this many times that we could not do what we do without them. I mean, they, they just, they've never, never complained. Um, even though, like you said, we moved them away from their friends, the younger kids have been able to make a lot of friends in the neighborhood and, and which has been fantastic. Um, our older girls have friends with soccer and things like that. So they've not yet met a lot of friends here in the neighborhood, but just, they've just been 
just been so great. I mean, they are such a part of everything we do from getting the house ready for people to come to, they, they um, meet with us, they sing with us, they share in the word with us, they are part of, they help with the kids, they help prepare meals, they, they're just so involved and um, yeah, they've just been, just been fantastic. I didn't know what to expect. I was nervous for them, but yeah, God's just really been, been good there. And did they know, like when you told them you guys were, were moving, did you tell them why? Like, because this is something that, you know, as far as starting a, starting a church. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And, um, it, I think it, it took them a while, a little while, at least especially the younger ones sure. to really purchase settle in that that's what was happening and and we because we were only an hour away we were actually traveling traveling back once a week i was really involved with a lot of things um at our church with music with teaching and so we started meeting here on thursdays and then we would drive back and and spend all day there on sunday and so even after we were here for six months or so um i don't think it really maybe quite sunk in because we're still going back there sure yeah. Um, I'm wondering, so, so they knew from the get go that this was a church that you're, you're yeah. following the Lord to, to start a church. I love that. So they're immediately, they may not understand it all, but at least they, they know the purpose for the move. Right. And, and it sounds like to me, they're actively engaged in the mission with you guys. Um, they are. And I don't think I, I, I cannot honestly remember a single time when they have complained and said, why mm-hmm. are we doing this? Or can we just, I just, I don't think it's ever happened, which is just unbelievable to me. Yeah, I love that. And again, I think that's just the spirit of God too, just working. Yeah, right. Even in your kids through it all. Um, so you transition. So you you're working this full time job. You sense the burden now to to start a church. You, God leads you to this new area, this new town, this new neighborhood. What were some of the struggles that you had to overcome? Like there are some of the thoughts that you had to overcome or even things that you felt like you needed that God was maybe deconstructing in you, if you will, when it comes to church or whatever it might be or about just church life that you've had to kind of work through as in the journey so far. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, one of the things we talk about often is the, our scorecard and I think that was, and that was and is one of the, the big things that um, I've had to sort of have a mind shift about because before my, in church life, my, my primary scorecard was how many people are here on Sundays and, um, you know, did this person come? Why didn't that person come? Like that was my, always my, my thoughts. Um, and what God said to show me is that that's not, that is not, what he called us to do. He didn't call us to um, a certain number on Sundays. And he called us to make disciples. He called us to um, give out the good news, to preach the gospel. And and so I haven't learned this, but I'm learning it. Um, that when we meet together and um, people are, whether it's confessing sin or praying together or just um, breaking bread together or praying for friends who are sick or lost, I mean, all, all of these things are, are wins. And um, that, so that's been kind of, a, a, for me, I don't know if I would say the major, but one of the, the major things that I've had to overcome, and that was just my own faulty thought process. So it, 
And you're talking about just scorecard as far as measuring effectiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I, I can tell you many times when we meet together and there may only be a few people here, but we leave and we're just encouraged, edified, like we're excited. And I can look back and say, that was a good day. You know, we started to work together. We were, we were, we grew in the knowledge of Jesus Christ together. We, we, we understood more clearly the love, you know, the depth and the, and the, and the width of his love. And rather than saying, well, we only had so many today, this is really not a good day, you know, and questioning why all of the people didn't come that I invited. And, and you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, it's completely. And because I'm there too. <laughs> and I love how you said, I think it's a scorecard that you're still learning. It's not something that you've learned, but you're still learning. I mean, do you still at times find yourself in that tension of, of kind of going back to the old scorecard and measuring things that way by how many people come or who didn't come, that kind of thing? Do you still struggle with that at times? Absolutely. All the time. <laughs> yeah, I would All agree. Yeah, yeah, me too, right? Like, so you're not alone, not alone in that. And I would say most people that are maybe listening to this podcast, right, they're, they're in that tension too. They're experiencing that tension um, of really learning to measure effectiveness in a more biblical way, I would say, <laughs> um, you know, um, and, but it's encouraging for me to hear you say, yeah, there are nights when, you know, I'm not thinking how many people were there. I'm thinking, man, that was so good. I'm full, right. Spiritually full yeah. from, from that time. So anything else that comes to my other things that you've had to like, just overcome even more personally, not even ministry related, but just anything else that come to mind? Well, living this life, and I, and I love I love what you say in the intro, which is the everyday mission of Christ, because that is uh, it's so key. And um, although this is not the, the the fault of anyone but myself, um, I really was living in such a way that the mission happened on on Sunday, and um, what God is doing in me is. Is, is, is reminding me that it's an everyday, it's an everyday mission. And in a lot of ways I could hide behind um, that Sunday because I'm not, I'm, I'm naturally a very, you know, a, a cowardly person. I'm afraid to talk to people. I don't want to make conversations, but that's not the way Jesus lived. That's not the way the apostles lived. And that's not the way that Jesus's disciples are called to live. We're, t- we're called to engage society, engage the community, engage our neighbors. And that was personally really challenging and it is still really challenging to me. I mean, just this morning I was having coffee at, um, at Panera and I was about to leave and um, I looked up and there was this guy that had sat in the table in front of me and on the back of his shirt, it said, cherish your friends. And I thought, that's a nice shirt. And then I thought, you should tell him that's a nice shirt. You should tell me you like his shirt. And I thought, no, that's kind of silly, you know? And plus, what if we get in a conversation? I've got to go. I got to take my kids to school. But there was something inside of me that just kept telling me, tell him that you like his shirt. And so, so I did. And it turns out we had a very short discussion. He's an artist. He designed the shirt. It really, like it really affected him that I said something about his shirt. And I I just say that to say like, that's the, that's what a coward I am. Like I'm afraid to even tell a guy that I like his shirt. And yet that's like, we're those words of kindness 
and and love are like that's who we're supposed to be every day and that's not who i am but that's who jesus is making me to be in his grace i love that man let me i i love that because you're describing the process that, that your thoughts of like why you you were almost trying to find a reason not to say that to him like all of us have that right yeah. <laughs> all of those all of us who want to live this mission of jesus we have those thoughts like no that it's gonna make them feel awkward I, I've, I've got to get running you know getting get go to to another meeting whatever it might be mm-hmm. and yet you could just sense the spirit was just really impressing just say something and yeah. I, I know there's been so many times when i haven't said something um let me ask you this so like three years ago you were five would would you have even had that thought to say something? No, 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 I I wouldn't have. I probably wouldn't have even noticed the shirt. Mm. Now with the Lord's help, I'm looking, I'm I'm asking him regularly. Is there someone you want me to talk to? Is there something you want to say to the people here? So I I probably wouldn't even seen the shirt. If I would have, I would have thought that's nice, but definitely wouldn't have even considered saying anything to him. Yeah. And I love that because there's something that the spirit's done in you, right? To, to heighten your awareness to the, to the needs of people around you, the need for the gospel, um, and then the needs to, the need to be intentional with that. And I, I, I appreciate so much too, how you're saying, you know, I pr- I'm praying and asking the Lord. I think that's something for those of us who are, maybe those people who are listening say, that's a challenge for all of us. Do we every day just say, Lord, lead me to someone today. Give me an awareness of someone today that just needs an encouraging word that you want to connect me with in some way. Um, a thought that came to my mind, Jedediah, as we're talking about just kind of those struggles. You know, you work in this full-time job, this amazing job. Did you? Was there ever a struggle of like, hey, I'm going to start this church? Just kind of the uh, the the lens to which you saw leading or shepherding or pastoring was that something where did you ever think, well, I need to probably give up my job and go, whatever? I'm just curious on that. I did not. Okay. Um, had had I kind of just jumped in three years ago with what I thought I knew about churches and new churches and things like that, then I definitely would have, I would have, I would have said, I need to quit my job. I need to go and raise money, ask people to support this. I definitely would have, but because of just the sort of gradual nature of it and, and then again, working from home that, I mean, like that is the thing that God said, okay, you can do this. You can live, you can work your job. You can meet your neighbors. You can, you know, um, get to know the community. You can do all of these things and, and still work full time and provide for your family. So I would have thought that at one point, but not anymore. I never had that thought. Yeah. And I, and, and I appreciate you sharing that. I think too, it's been just listening to you. It's encouraging to say, you know, you used to see the mission of Jesus just happening on Sunday. But what you just described is now this is an everyday thing, <laughs> right? Like I can keep my job. I can live on mission every day. I can go to Panera, do my work. I can talk to, talk to people with intentionality and a lot. And that's really what we're talking about here. This is about, this isn't just a compartment, you know, right. of, of living for Jesus. This is a life. This is, this is the life that Jesus has called us to. It's what he saved us for. Um, and, and all of us are called to it. And, and that's been, you know, another shift where I always knew that in my mind, I knew that every, just every Christian should be a, a missionary. I, I'd always have told you that. Um, but in reality, 
the way that I lived, it was bringing people to church, to the Sunday service, so that the pastor could preach a sermon, and they would hopefully hear it and understand. And the, this, I'll call it a model, but this life is, is not that at all. It's all of us. It's all of us active, actively engaging with the people around us and seeing where God is at work and seeing how he'll, how he'll use us. And so we can't hide behind um, anything anymore. Like this is, we're all ex- sort of exposed disciples. We're, this is who we are. This is, the, this is the, the, the king that we follow is Jesus. He requires that we give everything to him every day, every moment. And it's a wonderful life, but it's all of us, not just the pastors, not just the full-time staff. Yeah, that's such a good word. That is such a good word. Help us understand what are some of the different ways, and you and I have had conversations throughout the past couple of years of just different things that you've done in your neighborhood to, to build relationships with people. What are some of the different ways that you've intentionally lived this mission of Jesus? Um, most recently, it's been just trying to get out of my house. One of the things about working from home is if I'm not careful, I can just lock myself up in my office and just work all day and, and never get out where the people are. And one of the cool things about studying the Gospels recently together is just seeing that Jesus is always with people and not just with his people. He's always with all the people. And so I just try to be very intentional about getting out, getting out, and whether it's taking a walk or spending time at Panera and just sitting and reading and watching and praying and engaging um, people who who were working there. Um, I've been talking with a guy that works there for a couple of weeks now and um, just talked to Saul this morning and I think he's going to be joining us in our, our meeting tonight. He's never been. I'm excited about that. And that's just because of conversations. Um, we have every Sunday night, we open our house up and just have a meal. And I, regularly we'll just invite our subdivision just come over and enjoy a meal bring a dish and most people don't come obviously um but we want people to know that we're here you know that we that we love people that we we're not um we're not like the the pharisees who stand far off and condemn but we actually like we want to be like jesus who who surrounds himself with people and cares for them and shows kindness and so we're doing those things we um, for Thanksgiving, we um, this is one of one of the one of the coolest things that we've done is we wanted to just be a blessing to our community, and so we put word out that we were going to provide meals on Thanksgiving for anybody who who needed one or who knew someone who needed one, and so lots of people, of course, um, asked for it, and, and and we gave out a bunch of meals. But one of the best things about it was we we had a lot of our neighbors, some of which we had never met who came over the night before and just helped us prep and, and then came over that morning and delivered all over our, our town. And so just to see people working together, I just think um, it's something I've never seen before. And it, it was, it, it's just really been a joy. Okay. So I love all of that, but I'm going to, let, let me, let me, let me say this, but man, that's so hard, <laughs> right? Because I mean, you're opening up your home. You're inviting people into your home, like almost an open invitation where you're to the neighborhood. I'm assuming you just put out some kind of invite through social media. 
or yeah. maybe like a, a neighborhood page or something. Yep. Yeah. And so, and then doing Thanksgiving, I mean, that that's, that's a struggle. That's gotta be hard. I mean, for some people, and you said like your natural bent is to just kind of isolate. Mm-hmm. Right. So what, what moves you to do that, to go against what you, what feels more comfortable? Um, Jesus and me, that's all I can say, um, because, you know, I'm a very prideful person and, and I think we all are to a degree, but sometimes I think I'm especially prideful. And so when I invite people to come over and they don't come over, that's offensive, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it hurts my feelings. And if I, you know, we, we've done some kind of bigger invitations to people to come just for. Christmas cookies or something and sometimes they don't come and you may only have a couple of people that come and like that really it bothers me I may not show it but it bothers me I'm, I'm hurt by that I'm wounded and so I don't know I don't know I just say it's that I just know that's why we're here we're here to be we're here to to show love to be generous to our community and whether or not they receive it or even if only if you do, it's still why we're here. And, you know, I would just say for, for my wife, Lauren, being willing, she, I mean, obviously she handles a big part of this burden of the preparation for people in her house all the time and cooking and um, all the, and, and even just being around people. She's a, she's a very busy person. She watches kids besides our own during the day. So she sits around this all the time. And then, Usually in the evening, it's full of people and it's just, she's, she's just been fantastic. She um, isn't doing it grudgingly. She's doing it because she loves people. She's a giver. And um, the grace of God, man, that's all I can say because um, that's what it is. It's not, it's, it's not me. Anything good, anything good that, that, that happens. It's, it's the grace of God because I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prideful person who, who wants to just cut, cut the rope, you know, when somebody rejects me. Mm, I appreciate that. And I think too, there's a couple of things that bubble into the surface for me as I hear you, as I listen, is just this, there's this intentionality, right? And where does that intentionality come from? I, I think it comes from you understanding your identity, right? Your identity is child of God on mission for God, right? Yep. Like you are, not only a disciple of Jesus, you are living out this missionary identity that Jesus has given you. And we've talked about this in podcast episodes before. Jesus did not just call people to follow him as disciples. Yes, don't misunderstand. That's obviously what he called them to do was to follow him. But he also told them what he was going to turn them into as they followed him. And that is a missionary, right? I will make you fishers of men. And so I think yeah. as I'm hearing you, I'm, my mind goes back to that to say, it is the grace of God in your life that has helping you understand that, that mm-hmm. you are there for a purpose. And that purpose is to share the gospel with people and to live on mission so that they can see Jesus, this Jesus who, who has rescued you and who also desires to rescue them. So there's that identity, there's that atten- intentionality. I think too, something else that I that comes to my mind, I'm hearing is just you're making yourself available, you know. And and I and I love that. I think that's a, such a missed ministry, um, especially in our American culture, even American church culture is just 
being available, ministry of availability, a ministry of presence. And that's hard because we often see our homes as a, as a, a refuge from ministry mm-hmm. as yeah. a, instead of a place for ministry. Um, so, so what's been hard? What's been, what are some of the difficulties or struggles that maybe you or your family or kids, you know, what's been some challenges that maybe you've encountered or experienced as you've kind of endeavored to, to live this everyday missionary life of Jesus? Challenges are wanting results that maybe God doesn't have for us just yet. Um, wanting conversations and, and friendships um, maybe to blossom that haven't. But I, I think that the challenges are putting my own expectations instead of relying on, on his. Um, one of the things that um, has been a, a point of tension more like internal tension, I would say, for me, for us, is um, that we want we want to learn to be kind because God is kind. We want to be generous because He's generous. We want to be loving because He's loving. And yet, there's something inside of me that wants to be kind um, in order to get something, to gain something. I want I want to show generosity in order that somebody will come and be a part of our church. And that's just, again, a, um, a fleshly desire that I have that's not from God. And so um, being, being willing to just, just try to, just to be like him, to be his disciple and, and, and watch the way he lived and live in that way. Um, that's, that's been, that is an ongoing challenge. And, and, and also, you know, I, I know as well as you do the, the reputation that, churches have that, that pastors have across America and I don't ever want to be perceived in our city in our neighborhood as just someone who is doing things in, so that we will come to his church I don't want I don't I don't want to be perceived as that but in reality in, in my weak moments that may be why I'm doing some of the things that I'm doing and so that's just a, a kind of a constant um asking forgiveness of, from, from God for the, for, for feeling that way. And then look, examining how he lives and how he commands us to live and living in that way. And then just trusting that he's going to bring, he's going to bring the results. We just, we're going to keep sowing the seeds and um, yeah, let him do his work. I think you are verbalizing out loud what most of us feel and think and struggle with. And I can say that personally, totally agree with you, that tension, that frustration with myself of why am I doing these things? Is it so that they'll come to my house church meeting or is it because I genuinely love that person and genuinely want them to see Jesus? You know, sometimes, and and you can, and again, there, it, it, that mentality of like, write the scorecard. The scorecard is get them to this event or meeting or service, you know, as opposed to no, get them to Jesus. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> that's the first, do that first. And I can, and I, I resonate with what you're saying there, man. I, I appreciate your honesty about that. And, and that, and, and that was 
before you even said that, I was thinking about this question to ask you, like, so how have you seen, and you've shared a little bit about this, how have you seen God use this journey to grow you personally, just as a disciple, as, a, as an everyday missionary, as a dad, as a husband, as a, you know, even in your work, have you, what are some of the different ways you've seen God use this in your life personally? Yeah. Yeah, there is, there is a, a, a weightiness, I think, on, on this in a sense, because I can't rely on the Sunday school teachers to, to teach my kids all the things that they need to know on Sunday. I can't rely on that because this is the place like we, we, this is us, you know, and, and so there is a, a pressure, but it's a good pressure. Like, these are my kids. I need to love them. I need to teach them scriptures. I need to do that. And, 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 and it's grown me in so many ways. It's grown me. I mean, even the things that I'm saying today, um, I, I just think that honesty and transparency has not always been a, something that I've done well. Um, I've, I've been pretty good at hiding emotions um, and just of hiding feelings. And that's, it's not healthy, but also the, 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 the greatest moments that we have when we meet together are when people actually get honest and we're, we're examining the scriptures, we're reading it and, and it's a mirror in our own lives. And then we can honestly with one another say, um, this is, this is what God is showing me. This is, this is what he needs me to be. And so it, it's, it's taught me to be more authentic, to be more transparent. Um, it's studying the life of Jesus um, with these, with this, um, I think God's enabled me to just sort of have to remove some of the, the lenses of even tradition um, and, and not the tradition. We just, we just said this past Sunday in Luke um, about, you know, making the, the, the traditions um, basically the word of God and, and, but yeah, traditions are good. And so, He's enabled me, I, I, I think, I hope, to, to not just cast off tradition as, as bad, but be able to examine scripture um, without the lenses of tradition and just say, God, what do you have for me? He's grown me in that way. Um, he's allowed me, I don't, I don't know why, but he's allowed me to just love people in, in, in a different way than I ever have before. People who are different than me, people who think differently, who look different, who who act different, just to love them. Um, and 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 I I do know why. It's because that's who Jesus was. Like we're we've been studying. I mean, just studying the Bible is 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 where it's at. But right now we've been studying through two gospels, kind of simultaneously on different days through Luke and through Mark, and we're just seeing the way Jesus lived, and he just gravitated and went out of his way to find outcasts and people who were rejected um, and he loved them and he, and, he, and he helped them and that was not me before um, I looked down my nose at people um, like, like, like most people do and I'm not saying I don't ever do that now because I still do but he just allowed me to uh, I just love people his love his love in me has just become stronger and I'm so thankful for it as you share, I think of like even the journey, right? It, your journey, my journey, and how often God uses the places that we're in and 
what we're doing in ministry, if you will, or just in life to, as, uh, to grow us. Right. And, yeah, for sure. and to draw us into deeper, in, into deeper into intimacy with him personally. Um, and I, and I just so appreciate you talking about just how through this, God has enabled you to be more vulnerable, more honest, even, and I, and I can see this in my own life. I'm much more aware of my own sin, yeah. <laughs> you know, in living this way than I ever was before. Um, and you know, and, and, and I'm grateful for that because it reminds me of my need for the gospel. It reminds mm-hmm. me, it makes me more grateful to, to the Lord for, for saving me. Um, and you talked about, you said this phrase, you said, you know, studying the Bible is where it's at and how you're studying two gospels to kind of transition a little bit to the more practical things that you're doing. I think you said you have two meetings going on per week in your home. Is that right? We do. We initially started on Thursday evenings before we moved here. Um, and we, so we would drive up here and meet at a, at a Bob Evans, a local restaurant here. And we would have dinner and meet. and we met a couple of people, um, there in the area and so and we've been studying the bible on Thursday nights ever since we moved here um continued our house on thursdays but we would drive back um to our our old church on on sundays and after about six months or so maybe of doing that i'm not exactly sure we just moved that to to sunday so we still meet on on thursday evenings um but we also meet on on sunday mornings and we have a meal on thursdays and sundays we'll usually have donuts or something always coffee always coffee, but we'll have a full meal on Thursdays. Yeah. And, and so the full meals that is like a potluck, are people bringing things to share or do you guys provide that or what's that look like? We provide it generally. Um, it, it, it depends. Sometimes people will bring something. We'll ask if they can bring something. Um, and, but right now we essentially do the whole thing. And, um, I, I think as, I've been talking to Lori about this recently, just as we, as we're growing the number, that means more food. Um, and that's more work on her. And so, sure. um, usually it's her. And so I do think we are going to transition over to more of a potluck style. Um, just for one, I think it's good for, it's good for everybody. I think it's good for people. It's good for us. But, um, at this point, that's, that's what we do. So take, Take us through a typical Thursday night. Like what time do people arrive? What, what do you do? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm assuming dinner's first and then from that point on. And, and then the, the question everybody wants to, to ask and wants the answer for is what do you do with the kids? Yeah. Right. So yeah. kind of unpack a typical Thursday night for us. We meet at six and we try to start eating as closely to six as possible. And we eat generally until about six. 45 I would say and um, we're making coffee and all the time during this and then about 645 I begin the process of trying to persuade everyone to move into the living room and that is a really challenging process sometimes so it might take 10 minutes to do that Um, and then about seven by then usually everyone's in the living room gathered around and um we'll just kind of continue the conversation we've been having often i'll ask um if anything if anyone has anything they want to share that um just has been a particularly high point for the week something they're really thankful for something that god has showed them maybe in his word in their study maybe an opportunity that that they've had to um just to give out the gospel to someone or to show kindness to someone or maybe something that's just especially challenging and they're struggling with and they need prayer for 
And that usually generates conversation for, for 10 or 15 minutes or so. Um, and then I grab my guitar and we will sing a few songs together, um, which is always just a really special, a special time for us. And then um, sometimes um, if there are particular needs that kind of come up in conversation, sometimes we'll just pause at that moment and just pray for them. Um, once we finish playing, we will um, take our Bibles and, and begin reading. And I'll, I'll usually pray and just um, ask the Lord to just open our eyes to what he has for us. Um, and yeah, to make us see with, with, with his eyes what he wants us to see on that particular evening. And then we'll read a passage and we, um, I'll just ask anyone that wants to read that particular passage. We're just going through books. So we've done several books, but right now we're in Mark. And um, I, I told them, the re- let me just say this, the reason we're in Mark is because um, I told them a couple of months ago that I would love for us to set a goal. And you actually challenged me with this, Mark, and that was to, to challenge them to, by the time we get to the end of the study, we're going to move kind of quickly through this, but by the time we get to the end of it, um, let's let's ask the Lord to give us someone that we could just take this simple book, Mark, The Life of Jesus, and just read it with them. And not, you don't have to preach a sermon to them. You don't have to have all the answers. Just someone you can sit down with one-on-one or with a couple of people and just read it together, ask questions, and and, and just learn together. And so I knew that it would be a, a, a kind of a simple book to read. And so I challenge them with that. And I remind them of that, um, not every week, but I regularly remind them and say, just so you know, like, this is where we are. And let's keep praying and asking God to bring someone into our lives that we could, we could out, outside of this gathering that we could just sit down with at a, at, a, at a coffee shop or at lunch break or wherever and just read the Bible. And so we do that. And then everybody, whoever wants to, will read a passage, a uh, section, and then usually I'll just ask, as we're reading that, what what stood out to you? What kind of grabbed you? What surprised you? What questions do you have? And that generates a lot of conversation. Um, and we get into just about all the things that I would want to discuss, um, you know, by doing that. And and sometimes I'll, I will say something like, um, what, what do we learn about Jesus in this, but I usually don't have to ask that question because it usually comes out before that. Um, but I try to always end and ask, let's make this practical. We're not just called to be learners. We're, we're called to be doers. Disciples are obeying. So what can we take from this what, this week? And how can we be different because of what we just read? What, what are we going to, you know, what, what are the handles that we can take from this and take with us through the week? And that. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the end. Then we pray together. It's a general, it's a normal day. And then do people just stick around and hang out, or, or is it pretty much? They do, yeah. yeah. Um, it, kind of, they sort of trickle out, and um, you know, the last ones might be there. So, so we're finishing. I, my goal is to finish by eight fifteen, and um, typically, I would say by. And most times, most people are gone nine ish. Sometimes. Sure. Sometimes it's 10 or 11, but mm. generally that's how it is. Um, and yeah, you know, one of the things, one of the things I love about meeting in our home is just the, just the, the freeness to just kind of spontaneously do things that we wouldn't have. I'm a very order driven person. 
Um, and I, you know, I was, I was the one who was responsible to make sure that the songs were transitioned well and, you know, people knew when to go where. And I just had to kind of throw that all out the window here. And, um, if, if someone is in need of prayer, then we can just stop and pray for them at that moment. And it's, it's just such a really beautiful thing to be able to do that. And, you know, tonight a good friend is, it's going to be here. He's very sick and has, is having surgery this week. And just to be able to gather around him and just, and just pray for him. Um, not that we couldn't pray for him, you know, in a traditional sort of church gathering meeting service, but it is different. It is different. And yeah, it's, it's special. Yeah. And I, it's different. I think in, because there's a relationship there. It's yeah. not just a guy that you see sitting in a chair or, you know, some, but this is a person that you're, you know, right. And you've walked with them. And I think that's what can make that very different. Um, so what are the kids doing during this time? Yeah. I was hoping you forget that question. <laughs> it's the one everybody um, wants to know the answer to. Yeah. So, um, we, most of the kids will go down, we have a basement, um, we just recently moved them down there. They were upstairs in a bedroom and um, one or two of my daughters, sometimes with one of their friends, will, will after we eat, will, will take the kids and they will, um, we've, we've done different things. They'll sing with them always. We have, we print out coloring sheets for them to color. Um, we'll do videos sometimes, kids videos for them to watch that tell stories, um, puzzles. They'll read a passage from the Bible, act up stories. They do all kinds of things. And, and at this point it has been our children doing it. And, um, for the most part, they, they enjoy it. Um, there are moments like anytime working with kids, you understand that they don't always enjoy it, but for the most part they enjoy it. Um, but that, you know, I, I am hoping and praying that the Lord would, you know, bring someone along who would have that just desire to just be with kids all the time and love them and share the, share the scriptures with them. But at this point we don't have that. And so it's my kids, but they, and they do a fantastic job. Now some of the kids stay with us. So it just, it varies tonight. Um, we'll probably have four, three, four, five kids will be up with us ranging from uh, little babies up to maybe um, third grade. Um, but just because they choose to, to be with their parents and we're fine with that. I'm fine with that. Um, we have a playroom that sits adjacent to our uh, our living room, and so usually there's a kid and they're playing. Um, but for the most part, they're downstairs. Yeah, I appreciate you that, and, and we're similar, right? In the sense of what we do with our meetings when our house church get, gathers, it's just some kids stay upstairs. It's we leave it up to the mom and dad what they want to do, and um, and I and and I'm sure, like, and you're right, like your kids watching the kids that come. There are nights when it's not so easy, <laughs> um, yeah. but uh, my girls did the same um, and still do at times watch the kids. So I appreciate you sharing that. And that's an, that's a fluid thing, right? I think for people listening, you know, every, every group or church or organic church, I mean, you do it differently based upon the people that are there in a lot of ways. Um, sure. I thought that's come to my mind, Jedediah, a question is what are, what's something right now as you are navigating, leading a people in an organic way of church, being church, living out the, what's a question that you're kind of working through right now as it relates to 
shepherding people, living this everyday missionary life, having to, you know, something on Sunday and something on Thursday. What's, what's something you're wrestling with a question that you're working through? Um, maybe I'm asking, will I ever have it figured out? You know, I I have the answer to that. Um, but, um, yeah, I just, there's a lot, there's just, there are a lot of questions that, that I, I don't have answers to. Um, and I don't, this is not answering your question, but it came to mind when you were talking and that, and, and maybe it's, this would be something that the Lord is doing in me, but, um, he's humbling me to, to show me that I don't have all the answers, but he's also encouraging me to tell me that that's okay. And I, I'm not, I don't have to have all the answers right now because if I have all the answers, then I'm no longer needing to rely on, on him to teach me and the Holy Spirit is our teacher. And so he's, he's, he just reminds me often that there's so many things that I, that I don't know. And, but that's okay. Trust in the Lord and with, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart and in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And like, he's, he's proving that to be true. And I always knew that it was true, but I think in a lot of ways, I just had a lot of, um, I don't know, confidence in myself and what I knew. And because of that, I didn't fully trust in him. And the more he's showing me the things that I don't know, um, the, the more I'm, I'm, I'm relying on him and the more he's showing me that Jesus is good. I'm here. I'm here for you. Like I have answers. And, um, so I, I don't think that answers your question, but just to say that there's a lot of things that I'm wrestling with and, um, I'm not even sure where to start. No, I think that's good. I th- because I think there's a lot of people who are listening to this going, good, I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not I'm not the only one that has a, a a ton of questions and no answers, right? As far as to do what's next. I mean, that's so foreign. Um, you know, in 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 our culture, you know, as well as in church culture. You know, but there are a lot of, you know, questions that we have. This is a journey, you know, and and the focus is on making disciples. It's on people more so than programs. And so, of course, I think there's going to be a lot of fluidity and questions and, you know, what do we do with the kids? I don't know right now, you know, but this, we're just going to do what we've been doing for a while, you know, and, but just learning to embrace that it's okay if you're not really sure what to do next, you know, but, but lean then into the spirit and ask the Lord to guide you and trust that he will, he will give you the answer. Um, as we kind of begin to shift the close of our com- toward the close of our conversation, what's been a joy or just a welcome surprise for you as you have journeyed into leading a church in your home and living this everyday missionary life? Man, there's so many. Um, there's so many, but one one of the great joys has just been some of the friendships that we've made that have been really surprising to me, you know, that um, people who we love and people who love us, who um, I might, I wouldn't have loved. And I said that before, but that, that's, a, that's a great joy to me. And, and seeing people who, um, even though we, like, I know that we're nothing special at all, but there are people that we can encourage and help you know, and we had, um, 
a a neighbor some months ago who who called us one evening uh, one Thursday evening actually and told us about a friend of hers who I'd never met um, who was very sick and she organized this prayer meeting for the neighborhood and asked us if we if we would come and if I would come and lead it and um, since then we've become really good friends but at the time we really weren't so we, I didn't really know her well um, but like that that was an opportunity that that God gave us. And it was just, it was just a special thing that he would allow us to be a part of people's lives like that, you know? And um, I just think we just want, we want people in our community to know that we care for them and that um, we're not out to, to get anything from them. We're, we just want to, we want to, we want to give. Um, I heard just, I was listening to a book and, um, where the the pastor said that he tells people if they ask you why are you why are you generous why are you giving the 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 answer is because I'm a disciple of Jesus and he's giving and he's generous and he's and he's loving and we want to if we're his disciples that means we follow his his way and that's I want people not to see anything good that we do but like you said earlier they they see the one that we follow they see the one that we serve we we just want to point people to Jesus and Every time that happens, um, even in small, small things, um, it's just, it's, um, it's really sweet. I appreciate that, man. And yeah, just the different people that God brings into our lives that we get to minister to and with and, and love on. Um, if there's, if there's a challenge, like one challenge or an encouragement, you would want someone who's listening to this today to hear what 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 would that be? One encouragement or one challenge? Yeah, can I give two? Absolutely. One would be trust the Lord and trust His Word, and keep reading it, and keep studying, and keep asking Him to open your eyes to the truth. There are some things that are spiritually discerned, and we need the Spirit of God to reveal them to us. So just so so study and read and then trust what you trust what he shows you and it may take you on a on a journey that was unexpected it will it will take you on a journey that's unexpected um and it may not lead you in the same direction that 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 we've gone and that's okay um as long as your guide is the scripture and the holy spirit and just trust him just trust him And, and and secondly it would just be back to what we were just talking about that you don't have to have the answers. Um, there, there was a time for a lot of years when I would teach a, a lesson or preach a sermon. And if I was coming across a text that I didn't know exactly what it meant, then I would either usually just skip it or um, try to somehow come up with a meaning, even though I wasn't really convinced about it. And there's great freedom and being able to just sit down with a group of believers and read a passage of God's word and say, um, these verses, I'm not really exactly sure what, what, what that means. And I'm, 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 I'm praying about it. I'm, I'm trying to understand, but let's talk about it. And, and I mean, just that kind of transparency is, is so freeing. You don't have to, I don't have to put on a show and, and, 
pretend that I have all the answers because I don't. And if, and if I, if I do come across, like I have all the answers, it's actually harming the people that I'm there with, because now they think that they're somehow less of a person or less of a Christian because they don't understand everything in the Bible. And so I'm just being honest and saying, I don't, there's so many things that I don't have the answers to. So be free, be honest, be transparent, let people know it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. And again, here's some of the words that, and I'm going to ask you here to pray in a moment, Jedediah, as we close our conversation. Um, but some of the words from our conversation today that are just coming to the surface for me are authenticity, honesty, vulnerability, transparency. Um, man, and that that all is couched in relationship, right? And yeah, yeah. And those are things that the Lord has been teaching you through this. Um, and man, I just appreciate that. And I think for those of us that have been listening to you share, that's what we're hearing. And you know, an openness to not, you know, embracing the fact that we don't have to have all the answers. Um, but we can be honest and just trust and lean into the spirit and lean into the word as we continue to live this missionary life that Jesus has, has called us to. Um, well, let me talk for a moment to those that are listening that you've, you've heard my friend Jedediah share about his journey. You've heard him share about what God is doing in them and through them. Um, what's a takeaway from today's conversation in the living room? As you, as you are listening and as you've listened to him share, what, what's a truth, maybe something that he's doing, something that he's learned, or maybe a next step that you can take in your journey as an everyday missionary of Jesus? So think about that as we wrap up this conversation and, and as he closes our time in prayer. What's, what's something that you can take away from today's conversation in the living room. Jedediah, would you close our time in prayer, please? Father, thank you for being good and then for reminding me that you're good. In conversations like this, when we can just lift up the name of Jesus and see how he's helped us and, and to see how we've been guided along and I'm just so thankful for for Mark, for his family, for this podcast, for the friendships that we've that we have. I'm thankful for the journey that you've brought us on, for the relationships that you had allowed us to, to to have here in this new community, for the people here in this city that have embraced us, and even in our own neighborhood who have loved us and cared for us. We're just so thankful for that. And I want to just pray for people that are listening that have so many questions and they're just curious. And Lord, I just pray they would seek you. And if, if they could just, at the end of this conversation, come to the conclusion that the answers are in you. The answers are in the word and, and trust you and, and trust that and believe that and, and lean on you in every way. I just thank you for what you're doing um, in our family, and I pray that you continue to do it. Lord, bless the, the listeners, and we pray, Lord, that you would use them to be bold witnesses for Christ in whatever context that may be. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thanks so much for listening and joining us in the living room today. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our Living Room Podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the living room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ, and multiply churches for the glory of Christ.